This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. This is our Auto Expert radio show. It's on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at ourautoexpert.com. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Truck yeah. Girl Jen is out today. Is eating a bad behavior for drivers? You know, I'm glad you asked me that, Nick. As a, <laughs> as a, as a new driver, honestly, it was kind of cool because the first time... You go get a taco independently on your own with your own money in your own car. Taco freedom. Oh, my gosh. That taco tastes. You'll never get that same taco again. But, you know, a year down the road, I don't I don't like it. You you drop lettuce down in the seat, and then you got to explain that to a date. No, I don't. I'm done Why, eating the car. As Americans, it's there's an interesting definition. Germans never used to even put cup holders in their cars. Mm-mm. And you, they'd have one cup holder, and you'd ask them, "Why do you have a cup holder in the car? Why, you know, why, why do you have just one cup holder?" And they go, "If you want coffee, you stop. You get coffee. You get back in the car and you drive." They've clearly never visited America. Yeah, we have fast food items made specifically for the cup holders to sit in. Either. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. We're sad. I love it. Uh, but now, you, every car from everywhere in the world, they cater to Americans, and they have the receptacles for fast food. You know, I think we're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, that moment, like in Wayne's World, when you had the... Uh, the Microwave? Tw- no, the no. Twizzler. Oh, uh, yeah. Up on the, in the, where the light in the car... Why was. don't cars have napkin dispensers? That's genius. Uh, yeah. That little bit that's on the sides, on the, the passenger and the, the driver, the, that the, little bit of metal. The A-pillar? Yeah, the A-pillar. That has a speaker in some cars now. Right there. You know how many napkins you could strategically fold in that area? <laughs> a, nap- a napkin dispenser or a wet wipes dispenser, especially in the time of COVID. Why don't cars have wet wipe dispensers? Yeah. Wet wipe dispensers. We could. You know what would be good, too, is a sturdier. Maybe they could add some, like, I don't know, spider web to it to make it strong, but, like, have the, the N95 masks roll up the windows with the window. Well, without the window. That way you could just talk. Oh, you mean like, so when you wind the window down, there's like a, a velvet, you know, uh, mask appears or a, you know, the N95 appears. So the window goes down, but there's a mesh that's N95. Yeah, and I'm slowly realizing how not plausible that would be. No, yeah. Well, then you'd have the window went from being able to see through, now not being able to see through. Yeah, and there's big porous holes that the yeah. virus could get through. So no. never mind. Don't don't Mercedes strike that from the idea list. <laughs> the future car. Yeah, don't worry about that. One. However, we could probably get some kind of airflow that pushes the air out of the car to the person. Mm. You know, like so you, nothing comes in. Pressurized cabins. Oh, now we're, you're talking about uh, Delta Airlines right now. Delta. We heard it here first. Can you, can you make the car into a pressurized cabin? Um, you know, it's at least not to have air pass between. Maybe there'd be a jet that would stop air going from the outside person to the inside person. I think you at know. that point, why don't we just go to individual breathing masks and just call it a night? And I'm done. Uh, a packed show today. We got a lot of car stuff to talk about. Finding the perfect uh, hire 
can feel like searching for a needle in a bottomless haystack of resumes. Indeed, Indeed makes hiring fast and simple with a 135 skill test to help candidates provide uh, provide their uh, they're looking for the right experience. Uh, Indeed provide uh, an experience for jo- your job that uh, you know really helps you get hired. I can tell you they're powerful hiring. They're they're a very powerful hiring platform. It even helps you schedule and uh, conduct video interviews right on their site, which is probably. Why Indeed is delivering four times more hires than all the other job sites combined. And that's according to talentnest.com. To to learn more about finding your next great hire, visit indeed.com slash credit. Now, on the show today, Andy, Mm -hmm. are you ready? Because if you don't like trucks, you should probably find something else to do. Hold on, let me sit down. Um, we are very truck heavy today. We're going to be talking about the Ford Ranger, uh, Chad Challenger, uh, Challen. Shall I start that again? One more time. Ch- uh, Chad Challen- Challender is going to uh, join us to talk about the new Ford Ranger. He's the marketing manager for the Ford Ranger. Uh, there are so many different Ford Rangers out there, by the way, There's different trim lot. levels. Yeah. That uh, I just read the list and I went. It's an, it's a lot. I need to start again. Uh, we're also going to find out what's happening at uh, Ram with their 1500. They have a bunch of new trim levels coming out as well, including the Backcountry, the 1500 Rebel GT, the 1500 Laramie GT, and the 10th anniversary uh, with a whole bunch of stuff. Carl Lilly joining us from uh, Ram to talk about those. I'm a uh, big fan of the Lariat. Oh, yeah? The Lariat. The Lariat. Mm-hmm. That's uh, a good one. The Lariat Chariot. Mm-hmm. Yes, Dude, Nick. I just came up with that. Copyright Nick Miles. Um, <laughs> just in case Ram tried to steal it. Uh, the the end for Passat. Uh, is it happening? Yeah. We're gonna uh, get hold of Mark Gillies, who's the big uh, the big cheese and bottle washer over there at VW. Yeah, we're done. They're, they're just killing it, VW. Mm-hmm. They're just they're just killing it. They they've got some amazing. I didn't mean the Passat. We got to find out about whether they're killing it or not. Yeah, but they have just so many amazing vehicles uh, coming out. They have all these new electric vehicles. The ID. Four is now an all-wheel drive. I mean, we're—I don't think we're restricted to talk to him or anything, but we want to find out about the Passat. Uh, Anton Warman's going to join us. We got some difficult questions to ask about Tesla, and and uh, Elon had to step down um, his position. It had to change. Uh, when he did some naughty things, and uh, now jobs are rotating there over again. So we'll find out if it's just a title change or whether any power is changing, Hmm. whether somebody else is going to be making the decisions over there. Uh, Also, uh, we have had... How do you think... uh, How do you like that Mercedes? Oh, my gosh, Nick. That thing is a... That is art. So uh, we have been driving the E63S this week. 603 horsepower. It's amazing. Shut up. It's so much. Yeah. You you knew before I even put it into race mode Mm -hmm. that things were going to happen, didn't you? I knew. I knew. I tightened my seatbelt and grabbed the, (laughs) oh my gosh, it's about to get faster. Uh, We got in the car the first time. I don't even know what we were doing. We went to get tacos or something. We went to get ice cream. Mm -hmm. Of course. And of course. And got in the car, and you went, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew right away. You you got on it on your long driveway. It yeah. was beautiful. 
Yeah, I it's, was in the car three seconds. I have a hundred and eighty foot driveway at uh, the stu- the the studio, and I got in there and went, and down the driveway, and you're like, here we go. Does that sound like an AMG? It gurgles too. That's it. Only sounds like that because it's the S. Yeah. Then you put it into the you know the exhaust mode. It goes. Yeah, it did. twice it did that. Yeah, it's you went so fast. It's amazing. It has. Uh, we're going to talk about this, but we have been uh, driving that this week. We have also had the pretty amazing Acura um, Type S. Yeah, the TLX the TLX Type, Type S. S. It's amazing too. That thing. They came great. back with a Type S, although I get a lot of comments about the color. Uh, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the color, but you know, what it's would the you first call that S. if you had to name that color? You probably know what the color is called, don't you? Uh, I don't off the top of my head, but probably split pea soup with extra oranges in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound they have some advanced color choices at Acura right now. Yeah, there's they've really let been uh accommodating to the creative side right. of the color palette. Yeah, go ahead, guys. It's it. I don't know if I would dream up the. It looks like it's going from yellow to green with metallic. I'm not quite sure where it falls, or yellow yeah. to orange to green, or this yellow, orange, and green were all put in the same pot, and then this is what came Someone out. Someone just threw glitter on it and walked away. Yeah, um, it's definitely eye catching. I, you know, I mean, it still works no matter what. I mean, it still looks great. The the aggressive folds on it, the the the, the angles, the cuts. We haven't Still parked cool. that next to my BMW M8 competition, which has a green, which is like, boom. We should take them together and do maybe a segment, uh, um, a TV segment on what your car color says about you. That would be good because the M8 looks like a big, loud Skittle. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas the- My car's a loud Skittle. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the Acura looks like... What do you like- drive, loud Skittle? <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I'm in grandma's soup. Uh, you're in grandma's soup yeah, and I'm in loud skittle. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You have some interesting colors at your hacienda. Yeah. What about the uh, animal rescue rig? That is like a, a like a uh, almost like a muted loud red. Like hey, I'm a coming muted down. loud red. Yeah. I think it's pretty close to fire engine red, but yeah. matte. Yeah. Matte fire engine red. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. All right. If there is nothing going on but loud colors. You know you're in the right place. Hey, just drive down the street, and when you see the house with loud colors, there you are. More Our Auto Expert on the way. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Experts podcast is available 24-7 on our website at OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read inside the car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. Automatic Andy is in the pits today mm-hmm. for uh, for truck day. I'm, I'm right in the pits. So yeah. much I got deodorant on. <laughs> That's how Look, much in the I see what you I did am. there. You twisted it round. You get it? Yeah, cheeky monkey you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted to talk about a vehicle that we drove last week and uh, thoroughly enjoyed. It used to be the smallest Ford truck available in the United States. Ford went and ruined that by bringing out the Maverick. <laughs> uh, the The Ranger is uh, is was long awaited when it returned, Andy. Uh, Chad uh, Callender joining us. He is the Ranger marketing manager. So Chad. 
uh, first of all, I had to start reading down the amount of trim levels available in the in the Ranger is is getting ridiculous. How many pages of trim levels are available now? I know there's the XLT, the uh, the XL, and the Lariat, but then you have you know the FX4, and you can add on the, the Tremor version. I mean, it, it starts to get that there are so many choices now when you want to order yourself a, a new Ranger. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on, by the way. Appreciate it. I always, I always love to talk with you guys. But yeah, you know, with with Ranger and with a lot of our trucks, we, we really believe, uh, you know, that choice is important to our customers. And, and the basic premise that we have in our offering strategy is actually pretty simple. It's There's a, a XL, a mid-series volume XLT derivative, and then a, a more luxury, higher-end Lariat with leather and more bells and whistles. And each of those, as you go up, have more content. On top of that, we, we also offer customers choice of off-road capability, uh, where you mentioned there's an FX4 uh, and then this new Tremor package, uh, which really is the, the ultimate in off-road. And then we offer customers a choice in appearance packages. So if they want to customize the look, maybe have a little bit more chrome or a little bit more dark accents or whatever, we can offer a sport pack or a black pack or a chrome pack to go with it. I like the idea of having it done at the factory, and we did a little test here at Our Auto Expert uh, probably about six months ago where we took a, a base truck and we you know, we went to an aftermarket shop and asked them you know, to quote us on doing all the things that you get from the factory. And even just the black package on a standard truck or SUV was about $5,000 after the aftermarket shop had finished doing all the stuff that was done. Whereas when you buy it from, a, from a, the manufacturer, it only adds somewhere between 1500 and 2500 on uh, on these vehicles so it's actually worth having it done by the manufacturer to all the things you know that you would have done after market make a lot more sense plus you don't mess with the warranty right yeah and and think about it from the manufacturer perspective it, it we we can buy things on larger scale um you know and have consistency of the offering uh, and have those have those unique packages that are you know, a more reasonable, affordable way to, to implement it. And then when you talk about like the off-road stuff that we do, having our, our team of engineers validate and test and make sure that, um, you know, use of the warranty reins attack, but just, just think of all the, you know, the aerodynamics and the handling and the, you know, just the choice of tires and wheels and all the suspension calibration that takes place. I mean, it is, um, you know, it's a pretty intensive effort and we do it so that we can make sure that that vehicle will, uh, not only be good in the dirt, but it'll be good uh, on the road and on the pavement. Now, I noticed a uh, new for 2021 on the uh, on the Ranger is cactus gray, which is the color that I got my Bronco Sport in, cactus gray. Um, that seems to be a popular color. It's starting to be offered in other things than the Bronco series. Yeah, it's actually my favorite as well. Uh, it is It is really cool. I think those kind of flatter creamier colors um are really making a, a surge in, you, know, in, you know in the 80s the they call in the 80s they used to call them pastel <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's the this this particular color has kind of got like a whitish grayish grayish color i'm sorry greenish color and when you combine it kind of looks like a cactus yeah um it's 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 a really impressive color and it, it really goes well with vehicles that have heavy accent like wheel lip moldings dark bumpers and things like that the contrast i think looks really really good but yeah we're selling a ton in those colors and you can see those on a lot of ford vehicles now that Bronco, Bronco Sport. cactus gray and area 51 seem to be the hot colors at ford right now 
Yep, absolutely. The same concept with that Area 51, kind of that that uh, flatter, um, you know, light light bluish color. Looks yeah. great. Yeah. With the uh, listen, the the Ranger is it built for tough? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been I've been working on Ranger for I guess going on six years now, right. um, which is a long time on a vehicle program. And I could tell you all the way back when we were talking about what is this Ranger going to be um, for this market and what are we going to do. We've made thousands and thousands of decisions, right? And every one of them have gone through that thread of, is it going to be durable, capable, dependable, reliable? Is it going to be tough enough to meet our standards? And um, yeah, it's not just a tag tagline. Um, we, I, built for tough in, in everything we do in our vehicles, including this, this latest Trevor package. And here's the $6 million question. Obviously, with chips in short supply and trucks being super popular, how are we doing with stock of Ranger? Well, I'll tell you, it is tight. Um, the, the, the microchip um, shortage is affecting the entire automotive industry very significantly. Uh, and Ranger is, is, is no different with, with respect to that. Um, inventory will be very, very, very tight uh, for the next couple of months. Um, as as we you know gain and gather chips to to put in these vehicles, um, you know, but we're we're working around the clock to to work with our suppliers and find ways to get through it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> if you're interested in a Ranger um, or any any vehicle right now in the marketplace, um, it's tough. You know, you might right. need to shop a little. So, any advice for anyone looking for for a new Ranger? What's the best way to get one? Is it is is the secret to to it pre ordering? Yeah, right now um, we're doing a lot with trying to get uh, customer, we call it retail ordering, but yeah, ordering to your specifications um, and having that, that built to order that way. Uh, obviously, if you can find one on a dealer lot, right. um, you know, that, you know that, that might be a quicker path. Yeah. Um, but, but I will tell you, um, at least with Ranger, um, we're really trying to put out there the, you know, trying to, the, the ones that we are uh, able to get built. Yeah and get out to the plants. We're trying to make sure they're the ones that are moving quick and yep. the ones that customers want the most. Yep. So, for example, Tremor, yep. uh, this Tremor package is off-road, as well as that new um, STX Special Edition, which is kind of a lower-priced, um, you know, you but pretty well-contented. Yeah, yep. you, you've got you to do it in pre-ordering as well. Hey, Chad, thank you. More information at Ford.com. I'm looking forward to my Marky GT coming soon as well. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is our Auto Expert Radio Show. It's on TikTok. You can start a conversation with us. Ask us a car question. Just direct messages at ourautoexpert.com. It's where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Truck yeah. Girl Jen is out today. Um, you, we love trucks. We're doing a truck, mostly a truck show today. And for the next half an hour, we had to, we had to give half an hour to talk to Carl Lally because Carl has a lot to say. By the way, Carl, how come we're not best friends? <laughs> I guess we have to work on that. Yeah, we do because I'm all about Ram 1500s in various different generations. Um, every time, Carl, just turn your ears off for a second. Every time I got pulled over by the cops mm -hmm. in a 1500, yeah. never got a ticket. No, because beautiful. Yeah, I just I don't know what the connection is there, but I, I, this happened to me 
three times and yeah. I never got a ticket. Yeah, it's a very subjective statement, but it yeah. is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, you have a lot going on at Ram, Carl. I mean, there is a lot of uh, new uh, trim levels, models, uh, celebration levels. Uh, how do you keep them all straight in your head? Well, it's a nice problem to have. <laughs> we do have a lot going on, and frankly, the brand's been on a roll for some time now, and it's just another demonstration of the fact that we don't like to sit still. So that's just who we are, and I guess we won't apologize for that. So it's uh, when you live and breathe it day in and day out, it's a little bit easier to keep it all straight in your head, I suppose. I am insanely impressed with this insane this in this engine this in, incredible 6.2 liter v8 it smokes its competition it leaves the raptor looking like a child who <laughs> is trying to play soccer with pele carl's just shipping one to your house right now well it's just like you know i i get it the, the raptor's cool but this thing comes in and says oh you know hold my diet coke check this out <laughs> Let me get down the road a little bit quicker. I'm impressed. That's crazy. Let's talk about some of this because uh, we have a long list of vehicles to chat about. I mean, first of all, the 1500 is is broken. I guess the mold in in many things. It it broke the mold with with performance. It broke the mold. You know, the, the it broke the mold with tech. It's broke the mold with fuel economy. There is a lot of things that you have left it. Uh, I guess the competition to do, but specifically. When it comes to luxury, and I know when Jim Morrison was heading up the brand uh, for a while, he made this big choice to to luxury the trucks out because people were looking for just a little bit more, weren't they? I mean, people were looking for more than just something to haul stuff with. They were looking for something for the whole family. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, Nick. And really what we've learned over time is that the truck customer isn't the, I'll call it the stereotypical truck customer that you might have thought of from 20 or 30 years ago that's purely work-based and nothing but another tool in the toolbox in terms of how they view their truck. The truck consumer today really covers a wide spectrum of folks. I mean, these are family vehicles. They're, um, you know, for folks that just have an active lifestyle, it's just another way that they can go fulfill what they want to do on their weekend, so to speak. And naturally, they still need the truck to be able to perform like a truck and to do truck things. It needs to tow, it needs to haul, but they really come to appreciate the well-rounded nature of what a full-size pickup can be, and in particular, the Ram 1500, for that matter. So it was really taking a look at those trends and listening to our customers and then providing them what they're looking for. We both experienced something yesterday that made us laugh a lot because, uh, you know, heartworm has been creeping up into uh, where the area where we live. And so we have, you know, uh, I have five dogs and Andy and I took uh, four of them yesterday to get blood tests so we could start them on heartworm. We're sitting at the vet's office in our truck <laughs> and this, this this little lady comes out my dogs are big and they're rambunctious and they they love being in the truck but there's a little old lady came out with a little yorkie under her arm and uh, she climbed into a massive ram 2500 Huge. we were we were both sitting there looking at this going this re customers of trucks are not who you think they are they're changing no. exactly to your i mean she must have been close to 80 years old and she's driving a 2500 so the the mold is broken and then again the you're doing you're celebrating with the uh with the commemorative uh ram 1500 you know the 10th anniversary edition it joins the lineup for 2022 what does that bring to customers 
So if you rewind the clock a little bit, back in 2012, we introduced for the first time our limited trim level, and it really set a new benchmark in terms of luxurious pickup trucks, just like you're talking about, Uh, real um, wood on the interior of the truck and leather. And, of course, we've continued that as as the brand has matured, and even with our most recent generation of the Ram 1500. So it only made sense as we looked at this 10-year anniversary, the 2022 model year, to come up with a way of commemorating that with the limited 10th anniversary edition. And we took that idea of luxury and we just tried to blow it out to an even bigger scale. So now you've got quilted leather on the interior of the truck, on the center console, in the seats, on the dash. We brought a suede headliner into the truck that covers not just the headliner, but the A-pillars, the visors. So everywhere you look, see, and feel, you've got these luxury touches that are um, there enveloping you into a luxury vehicle. And by the way, it happens to be a truck. They can tow and haul, but it's uh, it's just a great way to express what our design staff's capable of in terms of luxury uh, fitments on the interior of a truck. Yeah, it almost seems like we don't even have to mention capability because you, you know it's already based on a 1500. The capability is already there, um, and that's sort of a given in these vehicles. The, the benchmark for performance and capability and technology are there. The luxury has been there for 10 years, but obviously as a celebration to that, you have this, and, and it honestly still looks. I mean, I know we update these vehicles every year and you know tweak the grill and the lights and those sort of things but it still looks like a brand new design every time i glance over at the 1500 and look at the front end just doesn't matter what model it is necessarily you guys have managed to keep it fresh every year well we appreciate hearing you say that we certainly think so and and there's it's fun you know one of the things that uh, we've really enjoyed and we we tend to I won't say brag, but we like to point out the fact that we've got the most loyal light duty owners in the segment. And so we know that our folks are coming back in to visit our showroom for a second time, a third time, a fourth time, et cetera. And so this gives us a reason to go out and do something a little bit special and show them something different and unique that maybe they had a limited before and they're coming back into the market and we can show off something special and even different from the limited they had the last time. Um, and, And naturally, it just gives another reason, too, for folks from other brands to, to grab their attention and take a look at what we're doing. So it's really a labor of love. We're just having fun doing these things. I I mean, I have a million and one questions, but I need to move on and talk about GT because this is yeah. something I didn't expect to see in trucks. The Lamry and the Rebel get a GT for uh, 2022. So you guys were talking about the TRX earlier, and there's no question that has been a propellant of our sales success this year. And it's just drawn so many eyeballs to our brand and gotten new folks into our showroom that we couldn't have imagined, I think, at one point in time. And as we looked at that and as we really kind of evaluated our lineup, we saw that there was an opportunity to bring some of the fun of the TRX into, call it the Rebel lineup or even the Laramie trim level, sort of that mid-luxury portion of our lineup. And so we brought some things that hadn't been seen in a Ram truck outside of the TRX into these GT packages, paddle shifters, the center-mounted uh, console shifter, for example, the metal pedal kit. And even on the 12-inch Uconnect system and that center console performance pages, so you can have fun looking at your 0 to 60 times in your, in your G limits and things of that nature without – you know, necessarily, um, you know, going all the way up to a TRX. You can enjoy that at sort of that mid-luxury price level. So it was a great way to sort of extend the family um, on down from uh, from the TRX. So 
I have to ask real quick. I need to to circle back around the engine real quick because it keeps impressing me. Um, you have to first of all, you have to put some respect on the company who went and messed around and put a Viper engine into the fifteen hundred. So. <laughs> I need to know on the TRX, the launch control button. Please tell me mm-hmm. that makes a noise that makes the car go extra quick, like a vroom something when you hit it. Is it like <laughs> an extra go mode when you're already getting down the road? So what it does, it's really from taking off from a stop. And naturally, folks driving a TR, oh. TRX aren't necessarily going to be just on pavement, right? They could be off-road in a, you know, a, a desert, a, a dirt kind of environment. And when you engage launch mode on a TRX, it sets up the truck to take off in as fast of a manner as possible, regardless of the terrain. So it's going to preload the RPMs. It's going to have the shift points pre-mapped in order to get the best possible acceleration from a standstill. And it's also going to engage the uh, all-wheel drive uh, system and the suspension system so that you just grip and go no matter what the terrain is. So Less about the noise, I guess, other than just the cool noises that come out of that supercharged Hemi to begin with. Oh, my gosh. Like, that whole entire sentence was, I just, my eyes kept getting bigger and bigger. (laughs) Like, I was not prepared for all of that. Oh, my goodness. Um, Before we get back to asking you some more questions about the trucks themselves, uh, we're going to take a quick break in a minute. But I want to ask you, um, how are we doing with these vehicles in stock? Because... We, I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, David from our office, uh, he wants to order a a, um, a diesel fifteen hundred, and uh, we went through the usual channels. Uh, we obviously know a couple people at uh, you know Mike Coval and Scott Brown and those guys. To we went through them to to get a hold of one, and they're like, if you can find one, we will help you. But to be honest with you, you may be down to pre ordering. And is that where we're at with trying to get a truck now? It's not 100% there. I mean, certainly we don't have the same stock levels that we had even a year ago or or maybe a little bit earlier in this calendar year. But there are still trucks in stock. There's no question about that. And we are seeing more folks place orders for trucks just because maybe there's a specific color or option that they really have their hearts set on. So we we do see more of that activity happening. Um, But it's not like our lots are empty, per se. Um, you might have to look a little bit harder. You might have to think about some different options that maybe you hadn't first right. thought about. Um, but all in all, yeah, we're, we've got the truck coming out of our plant. Right. And we're, we're having a great sales month. All right, stand by. We're going to be right back. More questions about those GTs. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Over 15,000 people have downloaded Our Auto Expert and many more stream the podcast. Join the happy listeners via iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert radio show. Two million Americans get their automotive news daily from Our Auto Expert. So uh, we are bathing ourselves in the joyousness of trucks. Uh, Carl Lally, the head of the Ram 1500 Marketing, is on the phone with us. Uh, Before... We get to talking about the backcountry, and we finish talking about the GT. Two th- was it 2017 when you came out with the 12-inch screen? Yeah, it was the uh, 2018 um, the calendar year, 2019 model year. But yeah, January 2018, we pulled the wraps off that. And uh, other co- other companies have not managed to uh, get there. They, how long you gave them? Uh, so that's three years. You gave them three years to catch up. Still nothing. 
Yeah, well, you know, we like to uh, not exactly tell them ahead of time and just surprise <laughs> our customers and let them try to catch up from there. I mean, you guys are really making these other trucks look silly. It's funny. It's I love the ad I saw, which was uh, it. It was something, something, something. Oh yeah, and the F one fifty still doesn't have a twelve inch <laughs> screen, which I thought was funny. Um, look, there's a lot going on with the uh, with the fifteen hundred. We're talking the GTs. So performance wise, of course, GT means go fast, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's one that's way uh, one way of looking at it for sure. It's um, you know, there's a lot of fun connotations around GT if you look back over automotive history, many of which weren't necessarily associated with trucks, but that's a little bit of what drew our attention to it. We thought it would be fun to do a GT version of a truck. And so we talked about, like, on the inside of the truck, having the fun things like the paddle shifters and the console shifter and the metal pedals and all that. <clears throat> but we had a little bit of, uh, of um, fun underneath the hood as well. We put a uh, cold air intake and a uh, cat-back exhaust system as well from yeah. our, our brothers and sisters at Mopar. Right. So when you get in the truck, not only does it look and feel cool, but you fire it up and it sounds amazing. So nice. it's, uh, it's fun kind of all the way around. And, you know, you've still got your head in the environmental cloud as well, making sure that things like eTalk and, and those things happen as well. Yeah. In fact, we made that package exclusive with the eTorque just because we thought it made a lot of sense to show off the most technologically advanced V8 engine. It's a mild hybrid engine, um, you know, V8 engine that gets you two more miles per gallon in the city and combined and a non-eTorque uh, version of it. It's just uh, it, it's a great solution. And the fact that you have uh, air intakes on the hood of a truck, I mean, that speaks like slap right there. Awesome, yeah. fast, let's go. You're saying a lot right there. It's, uh, you talked about the appearance of the truck not uh, you know, not really aging, and it doesn't because I think it's such a, a timeless design, and that sport hood is part of the package, and it just uh, it's a great way to show off exactly what the package is all about. Right. Now, a few years ago, obviously, you got rid of the crosshair grill on the Rams, but I noticed on the GT, there's a little color creeping into the grill there. You know, we, um, it's really the ability to take um, what is some of our best in terms of exterior packaging. And so the GT applies to both the Rebel and the Laramie. Then you can kind of get either that rebel look, that ready-to-go-off-road adventure, some kind of spirit on the truck, or you can take a little bit more of that refined, call it street um, kind of look there through a Laramie Sport or a Laramie Knight. So they both embody kind of the best of what we're able to do on those two trim levels. Yeah, it, it looks outstanding. All right, we shouldn't ignore the 1500 backcountry because uh, that is a, another one of the vehicles that you've come out with. So this sounds just when you say backcountry like it's going to be rough and ready and crazy to go, but it's not. It's, it's really a full-rounded package, isn't it? I think so. It's based off of our Bighorn model, and the Bighorn is sort of the heart of the market, the biggest volume trim level that we sell, really where there's a ton of value uh, for our customers is in the Bighorn, and we just build off of that. We bring in the off-road components that folks that want to go take off into the backcountry, if you will. Uh, we bring that into the package right from the get-go, so you get our heavy-duty off-road um, suspension system, you get things like skid plates, hill descent control. Um, you get all that off-road um, capability kind of embedded here at a value price point. And then the truck looks great, you know, to boot. We did some things to the exterior styling of it. Gave it that lower two-tone black paint. 
so it's got that family resemblance yeah. to the Rebel and to the TRX. It even did, you know, kind of muted out any of the chrome accents on the truck, even a body-colored grill surround. So it really is an awesome-looking truck that can get you where you want to go at a good price point. And plus some really nice um, badging as well. I like the badging because it gives you sort of a little bit more than uh, other trucks. It gives you, hey, this is my special edition, right? Exactly. People know when they see that truck on the road or in the parking lot or your driveway that it's different. It's not the same as maybe your neighbor's bighorn might be. So uh, a nice way to visually differentiate the truck as well, for sure. It looks like when you got the competition side by side, because it looks like this, uh, the, the bighorn is going up against, you know, the, the Chevy Silverado and the, the FX4 version of the, the Ford F-150, even on a, a side by side, you got like the TRX, you guys smoke these guys too, again. There's kind of a, a, a strategy you can see here playing out, and yeah. that is, you know, you have the TRX at the top of the hill, the apex predator of the entire segment. And then as you work your way down through our lineup, no matter which price point you're, you're coming into our showroom with an eye on that fits your budget, you've got some of these goodies that transfer across from TRX to Rebel to backcountry that allow customers to enjoy those elements no matter, you know, which part of our lineup they're taking part in. Right. I like, oh, I like Apex Predator. Yeah, I'm going to is... use that in my everyday language. <laughs> hey, good morning. I'm Nick Miles, Apex Predator. Well, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. it's impressive just down the list. You guys have have, have uh, you know come up number one against all the Everything. people. That, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I like that part. All right, the most important question of the interview here. You ready? When do we I'm get to, when do we get to test drive them? It seems like I have at least four trucks on the list here, back to back to test drive. I obviously we did the, the you know you did a launch of the TRX. Uh, is there going to be the ability for us to to test drive these vehicles? Oh, absolutely. Of course, we you know of course, Nick, we wouldn't overlook you specifically, but uh, yes, we got to get these trucks in the market here in the third quarter. They're all 2022 model year stuff that we're talking about: the backcountry, the GTs, the limited tenth, and those uh, those going to production here shortly. And they'll be hitting dealer lots, and we'll make sure that uh, some of our favorite journalists have the opportunity to test drive them as well. Excellent. Uh, you know, obviously, it's it's fun, and and being able to to sort of bring this to all of the the guys um, in TV land as well. When we do our Fox Sports and our Fox pieces, uh, they love to see the the trucks as well. I still have a little video of jumping the TRX and it's still one of the most viewed videos online. For us. In fact, I think we have uh, just on our Facebook page alone, 250,000 views of the, uh, yeah, of the TRX doing that, that jump. So my, that's... my finger is ready to hit the launch button. <laughs> uh, there you go. Hey, Carl, listen, thanks for spending uh, some of your weekend with us. It's great to find out about these vehicles and thanks for hanging over the commercial break. Of course, uh, of, of course, if you want to find out more information, you can go to the uh, Ram page on the interwebs and find out more about the vehicles and your local dealer will be able to tell you when you can drive them. More Our Auto Expert on the way. Stand by. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the northwest to the southeast, this is the World's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Automatic Andy. Truck girl Jen off today. Um, she uh, She's sick. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I hope she feels better, but stay away. <laughs> Jen, love you, but 
six feet apart or more. She she hasn't got anything bad. She's just like worn t- out and sick. Ten feet. Ten feet? Yeah. Oh, poor Jen. I need that extra. Ten feet apart. Um, so, Andrew, we have had a plethora of cars in the driveway this week at the studio. I feel very Silver Spoonish this week. We uh, have the E63S Mercedes um, sedan. I'm not even ready to go farther than that on well, that car because that it's. I mean, <sighs> Acura TLX Type S. I <laughs> speechless. Clearly, great for a radio show. By no, the way, no, you know the the Type S. It's the the first Type S. Since the 2000s, they said, "You know what? Let's go ahead and bring this back." Yeah, we need to. We need to. We need something new for 2022, 2021. Let's just go ahead and bring that back. It, you know, the the Acuras they used to be labeled as old Hondas in disguise, but the TLX it strips that, that persona, yeah, doesn't it? It makes that go all the way away because everything on this TLX is made just for this Type S. Yeah. So it's it's not an old recycled Honda by any means. No, well, they never. I don't think they were old and recycled, but they no. were sort of they had modi- that you know they were luxuryfied, modified. But the yeah. Acura have completely set themselves apart from the brand, especially with this one. Yeah, sure. it's um it both the MDX and the TLX Type S are outstanding vehicles um i drove both of them uh recently back to back and now we have the tlx type s in the driveway for a week i i can tell you that i got a lot more than i was expecting in this vehicle uh a lot more than i was expecting i mean even down to things like drive modes there's four right you start so when you get in the car you're already in a mode you know what I mean? Like, it's already, you're starting your day in a certain situation. You so. don't have to switch it on. No, not at all. So you start from the jump, you're in comfort mode. So you're getting into, like, this aggressive race car looking thing, and it's comfortable. It's nice. So, if you're a little bit late for the meeting, go ahead and slap that into individual mode. It's just a little, it makes you be able to tweak the car a little bit, you know? Right. It, it takes it, you're still comfy, don't get me wrong, but you're ready to get on down the road a little bit more. So you're getting on down the road. You've already got your your Starbucks. You have this guy who's in like a Miata who has an extra couple horsepower in it. I love the visuals. Let me imagine yeah. the guy in the Miata. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he needs a haircut, by the way. Yeah, he does. And he's got you know he has a girl next to him. He starts revving the engine. Oh, that's a girl. Yeah, right. no, yeah, the girl isn't crammed in the passenger seat because it's a Miata. Right. But he thinks he's cool yeah. because he got settlement money and got a Miata with a couple extra horsepower. It's such a backstory. Yeah. Okay, keep it going. So you can just go ahead and segue that right into Sport Plus mode. Boom. Sport Plus. Right. So you just get on, get down the road. You have the stopper in your Starbucks. You can take that out at the light. It's fine. <laughs> You're done. Um. So you messed up, though. Because right. you, you were flirting in the line at Starbucks, yeah. and you made this guy look silly, and you had to yeah. commit, so you took a left when you should have went on Roscoe. Oh. So you need to double back. Okay. You know what you do? Yeah, well, you just go ahead and throw that into Type S mode. What The the natural calling of the car. It's a Type S. You bought that on purpose. You didn't just say, give me any TLX. Yeah. You got the Type S to Save do just me. this. I mean, I feel saved right now. And you just get to work so quick. So quick in Type S mode, you go. And I'm telling you, just the touch, the feel, the quality of the interior, it speaks luxury. Yeah, there's leather all throughout the whole inside of the car. And then they went ahead and slapped the ultra suede 
and wrap the seats in that. Oh. So you get down the road and look cool. Ultra suede is a step above suede. It's like premium, super right. premium. Yeah. They they tweaked a little bit on the inside. They took the steering wheel. Uh, it has they cut the bottom off to make it look like a, a flat bottom steering wheel. Yeah. Do you know where that comes from? No. Um, the twenty four hour race of Le Mans. It was uh, the no. drivers weren't in the car when they started the race. They had to stand outside of the car and then get into the car. And they found oh. if they made a flat bottom steering wheel that it was easier for them to get in quicker to get in the car rather than have to slide under the steering wheel. So I think it's for people that have guts, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think the flat bottom steering wheel is for people that have guts, yeah, but it's right. not, it's racing. So it's not, you know, like it's not for fat guys. It's for racers. Well, you know, fat guys got to get to work quick too. By the way, if you, both of us could lose a few pounds. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the category of fat guy. So it's, <laughs> We're, we're good. We're good. But it's not. It wasn't made for you. It was made to race. Yeah, it was made to, to get it's, it. It's a get after it flat bottom steering wheel. Yeah. And they went ahead and just, uh, you know, they didn't need to reinvent the wheel on that. So they went ahead and just took it out of the NSX. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll just take the NSX. Slice the bottom off and yeah. take it out of the NSX. And we'll we're up. done. Yeah. That's it. And we're done. All right. I get it. Thankfully, despite all the new tech, uh, Acura, Acura did have some or do have some physical controls in here now. It's not just trying to work it out where you go on the screen to touch a button. No, I mean, they do have the huge 10.2-inch screen, but it's it's nice. I still... How much screen do you really need? Yeah, and that's enough in there. Like, it's really the perfect... It's not too much, and it's not too little. You don't have to increase the font to read it better. It's right. it's just... It's perfect. You but, sound old, dude. I know. But I'm... <laughs> and see, and into keeping on being old, I like having the button on the radio yeah. for me to be able to yeah. do that, you know? And the, yeah. the and even if it's, if it's icy out, Nick, you know I still have the air conditioning on. Yes. So I need to be able to have... A hundred percent control of that. So they left that for us. I appreciate that. You you have no idea how uncomfortable Automatic Andy is right now because it's, <laughs> it's seventy nine so in the studio. Hot. What in the Caucasian is happening right now? There's, yeah. It's so hot. It doesn't need to be seventy nine. There's an oily film around you. <laughs> I'm upset right now that it's so hot in the. But you don't need to worry about that in the uh, in the uh, TLX Type S. No, because they have the 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 manual button. See, and I'm scared of that. Like, what if I was in a super, super nice car where everything was touchscreen buttons and it got super hot and I couldn't get it cool and it locked me in the car and a voice said, you are not getting out. And what do you do? My God. If you have a manual button. You break the window. You have to have that little window break thing on your keychain. You know how many times in Star Trek it was because of the faulty wiring that they had an issue? Right. And you don't have, you're not going to have that in the TLS. Yeah. Because you have a button. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you make a lot of sense, finally, <laughs> 40 years. You make a lot of sense. But I see what you... And I'm thinking of it. Do you think Captain Kirk used... Was there keys to the Enterprise? Ooh, that's a good question. Did he just have like a fob? Or he could like boop, boop, and the, the Enterprise came off? <laughs> what sound would you make? <laughs> I don't know what you would do with that. That's a great question. I, I see it. TikTok video coming, pressing a key fob, and the Enterprise going, cheat, cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Why? Because Captain Kirk was still old school. Yeah, you I mean, you'd think he just walked in and you programmed your p- codes into the computer to start it up, but it's been parked at the service bay for a while. <laughs> <laughs> cheat, cheat. <laughs> at least a biometric thumb What are they? something. Yeah, no, I'm thinking turbocharged let's the enterprise wasn't turbocharged but the tlx type s is yeah the enterprise absolutely did not have turbocharged 
they have a lot of turbo because you need a lot of turbo to get down the road. Right. So how they, many horsepower are we talking? Uh where did the where is the horsepower in the car? In the engine? Yes. Yeah, um, I, hope, I hope it's there all the time. They have three hundred and fifty five under the engine. Really? Under the hood. Under under the hood. Yeah. Under uh, the engine. Or under the engine. Turbo's usually on top of the engine. Oh, uh, maybe in your cars. In the TLX <laughs> it's on top. It's on the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Oh, but did you know that they gave you you know, three hundred and fifty five horses under the engine? But under, they also the Yeah, they went ahead and gave you all wheel drive too. Yeah. So you can you can corner on a penny. Yeah, all-wheel drive isn't isn't a regional thing now because of the snow or the Mason-Dixon line. It's because it's, it makes it perform better. Mm. I have driven some vehicles with all-wheel drive and then just two-wheel drive down the same road. All-wheel drive, always going to be my choice. All day. All right, $80,000 for this. How much is the new TLX? Uh, no, Type it S. starts at $52,300. Oh. And, I, you know, right. that's it. I mean, that's a lot of money, but that for what you're getting... Yeah, all the boxes are yeah. checked for me. You got luxury, you got speed, yeah, you got just enough, like a handful of old school primitive things, like the climate control. You just called because we like that. You just said, "Hey, we're old school primitive." That's yeah, what you just called me and you old school primitive. Well, that's what I am. Oh yeah, I'm very basic, and you're, I like you're 16 years younger than me. No, 17, 18 years younger than me. Yeah, and you're old school primitive. What does that make me dead? No, wise. <laughs> wise. Yes, you're very wise. <laughs> Is that what we call people who have gray hair wise? Yeah, you would be considered the OG. I am a Fox Sport anchor, sir. <laughs> and I'm a Fox Sports anchor as well, sir. Yeah, I've, been, um, I've worked not... on CNN, quite yes, frankly. Thank, thank you. you. I'm, I've anchored many of these shows. The BBC under my belt. I do. That was many years ago. Well, you did Do you it. know what the last show I did for the BBC was? Uh, malaria outbreak. No. What? It was a religious show before I, the day I left. I did the, the uh, hour-long weekend religious program on the local radio network. How did you come up with material for that? Uh, that's not hard. It's The fact is you wouldn't know it now. I'm a car guy that I used to host that show. That You've done, I think, everything. Yeah. I used to do the news. Did you ever do country? No. They don't have country in England, silly. <laughs> they don't? They don't no. have country music? Band. Could you imagine... Like an old timey limey bloke singing a country song, <laughs> Nick. We got to record that with you. My friends, the Queen. <laughs> uh, all right, we have uh, we got a lot more on the way. I want to let you know, Anton Warman's going to be here. We're going to be talking about a lot. We have a huge list of stuff to talk about when it comes to Tesla. Plus, plus, we got Mark Gillies coming up. We're going to talk about the Passat Special Edition. That's next on our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. You can catch up with previous episodes of the show at our website, OurAutoExpert.com. You can hear all part shows, see automotive videos, and read inside car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at OurAutoExpert.com. It is uh, a vehicle that I fond, have fond memories of, um, the VW Passat. 
Uh, it always seemed to me that it had some shenanigans going on with the amount of legroom uh, Passat had in the back. It seemed to have more legroom than was uh, humanly possible. And uh, the Passat it will have some limited uh, production of a new variant. And to join us, to joining us on the phone to talk about that, Mark Gillies, our English friend who uh, works for, for Volkswagen. So... Sedans aren't as hot as they used to be, but that doesn't stop us all being in love with the Passat, right, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the uh, facts of life these days that the hot segments of the market, uh, obviously, um, uh, compact SUVs and uh, midsize SUVs. And, and, you know, we've seen with the Passat that, you know, demand's been dropping off. Um, So, you know, we're not producing the car after... um, uh, next year, basically, it's it's one of those vehicles which uh, you know is, is fond place in my heart. I think VW obviously knows how to make small compact vehicles. You've done it for years. Beetle, the Golf, the you know in Europe the Polo, the Fox, all those different vehicles. You've just scored it out of the park with. But the Passat was also a vehicle that you scored it out of the park with as well. It's it's bigger than most of the, uh, the the vehicles that were a super success. But you managed to package it again. It's another VW story of finding space where there doesn't seem to be space and packaging it amazingly. The second row volume in that vehicle, astounding. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's got a huge trunk. Uh, it's also got, I think, if I remember rightly, like an 18 and a half gallon fuel tank. And, you know, as you say, it's got a, a really big rear seat. And I've, I've said this before, you know, when you start as a small car company, um, you have to be very good at packaging. And when you obviously expand to a larger car, like a midsize sedan or even midsize crossover like the Atlas, you suddenly find a lot of space because you know where to put things um, to take advantage of, of the package, as it were. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's always been a really, you know, big vehicle. I think, you know, um, it, it obviously um, the platform's a little bit dated now, but I still think the car's very competitive in terms of things like fuel economy and uh, refinement and, uh, you know, things like ride comfort as well. And, and it's got a very solid... Um, two-litre turbo engine in there too. So I think the car's still got a lot, lot, lot going for it, um, particularly, as you say, you know, when you look at the packaging, it's 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 huge inside. The limited edition, what what do we get on that? I mean, the colour of the pictures, are, and the green one looks astounding too because green as a colour I think is underutilised in vehicles. But what comes with this limited edition? Yeah, there's some... Um, You've got different wheels. Um, it's got some 15-spoke alloy wheels, uh, black mirror caps. Um, basically, there's a few little features inside to remind you that, um, you know, the, the, the Passat started in 1973, and we've been building it in Chattanooga since 2011. So we've got a special mat in the cup holders. We've got unique seat tags, um, and they're going to get um, perforated Vienna leather seating surfaces, for instance. And basically, it's got everything on it that you can get in the Passat. So you've got power passenger seat, heated front and rear seats, um, navigation, fender premium auto, or that Fender Premium Audio, and uh, you know, basically it's it's the most loaded um, Passat you can get. And you know, there's a few nice little things. You know, we we were making 1973 because that's when the Passat was first nice. launched in Germany. And then you know, there's a certain number being built of each color combination. And you know, in one case it represents the original vehicle production code. Another one 
is you know the number of the Chattanooga, Tennessee area code. So it's a little bit of cuteness going on there. But it, it's kind of nice that um, they're sort of unique in their own way. I like the fact that you have given it uh, this, I guess, the the feeling of it's a special edition, you know, the, all of the extras that come with that. And it might actually be worth something as well uh, down the road, a little bit more just because it's that special edition. And I like that idea, too. Uh, you give, you've given it this sort of a racing green metallic uh, color as an option. Uh, with the uh, Moreau, uh, Marrow Brown interior. Uh, it's not British Racing Green, is it? No, it's not. It's race, race, We call it Racing Green Metallic. I mean, right. the problem is British, British Racing Green is one of those um, wonderful misnomers. It's, it can be about 15 different shades right, of green, right. to be honest. I mean, yeah. you know, because the, the, original, the original British Racing Green was Napier Green, which dates back to 1902, and it's right. like super dark. Right. Um, but over the years, you know, you look at the Formula One Aston Martins, that's yeah. a, a shade of British Racing Green. Right. So um, I'm, not, I'm not sure we can call it British Racing Green anyway, but it's, it's that kind of darker, yeah. darker metallic green, you see. So, yeah. It looks really good. And, Mark, I think it's, it's a great tribute to uh, a vehicle which has lasted so long and uh, done so well. It's, uh, in a sense, too, a shame to see it, uh, I would just say, suspended production now, because who knows what people will want in the future. But uh, ultimately, Ultimately, I think it's a, it's a good tribute to the vehicle. And then moving on, you, you just got so much going on at VW. It's really hard to get my head around it. You know, uh, <laughs> ID4 is going all-wheel drive, and you knew the new bus coming, and special editions and sporty versions of your vehicles. Plus, now you have an amazing SUV lineup starting at the Taos and going all the way up to the Atlas, it looks like uh, you, you're going to have more going on with electric and non-electric vehicles than uh, pretty much all of the other automakers combined. Yeah, we've got a lot going on this year. I think we're launching seven cars. And, and, and the one thing I would say is, you know, while the Passat is going away um, as a midsize sedan, I, I'd never say never because, you know, potentially in the future, you know, we're looking at some um, electric vehicles that aren't SUVs um, that could, you know, there's there's some wagons and some sedans potentially could be in the lineup. So I think that that could be interesting in the future. You know, again, you know, everybody's into SUVs, but yeah. at some point, you know that 18-year-olds in five years' time are going to be like, oh, I don't want to be in an SUV. That's boring. <laughs> yeah. That's what my parents <laughs> Yes, <have. laughs> I think we're seeing that all together. I was, uh, we were talking to the network. I had meetings with the network in Dallas this week uh, for television, and they were telling us that the Gen Z, more of Gen Zs are getting driving licenses than any other uh, period uh, or any other group of uh, youngsters ever uh, by percentage-wise, and that obviously means things are going to change they'll be the driving force and we'll be doing what they want coming up mark gillies it's always great to talk to you i'm glad to call you a friend as well as uh, the guy that works for vw we'll have more our auto expert on the way you're listening to the our auto expert podcast our auto expert is the radio show you can reach us on tiktok 
see all of our videos. Uh, we're on Instagram, and you can just start a conversation with us on any of the social media platforms. Ask a car question, or you can direct message us by going to the website, ourautoexpert.com. is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. All right, Anton Warman joins us on the phone, as he does every week. He is an independent analyst and investor. You can read the majority of his stuff at The Street and Seeking Alpha. So, Anton, we don't get much clarity from what's going on from Tesla by listening to what Elon or the rest of Tesla says, but the financial reports do tell us a little more than we get from them when we ask questions. So the second quarter financial results are in. What are the results and how do they show us a picture of what's going on at Tesla? Yeah, so Nick, the market reaction to Tesla's second quarter financial results were essentially neutral. The stock traded uh, down and up a percent or two in the days that followed. Really no big movement one way or the other. Rather, what uh, Elon Musk did in terms of what he said on the call and presented on the call and then followed up with it the day or two that followed the conference call uh, was really where the meat of the great interest was. And you could start essentially by him first uh, pointing out, arguably admitting that uh, this full self-driving software feature that they have, he said, isn't really worth the money right now. It says it's very dubious because the product, you know, he said, doesn't actually work. <laughs> so basically, you would think that would be a strange admission, seeing as they have been charging anywhere between $5,000 and $10,000, plus now a monthly subscription of between $100 or $200 a month uh, just recently here in the last few weeks for a product which he now says doesn't really work. That's pretty strange, isn't it, that he would admit that this product doesn't really work yet. It definitely will be a very interesting product one day in the future when the product will work. So I think that was probably the most startling one, which in a normal world, in a rational, sane world, would probably have had everybody's uh, remaining hair standing straight up. But it was arguably overshadowed by all sorts of other news that also came out from these financial results, including the fact, first of all, that the cyber trucks uh, looks like they are going to be <clears throat> somewhat delayed, as we had, uh, I think, suspected for a long time, Nick. There was just no way that this thing was going to be on time. But they both said it explicitly in some ways in the well, you know, they said the Cybertruck will come sometime after the Model Y. The Model Y might, might come, we hope, at the very, very end of 2021. And then the Cybertruck sometime thereafter. Well, what does that mean? Several months, a year, more than a year? Who knows? And then, of course, they presented a graph in which they talked about the products and where they stand in the development and production timeline. And the Cybertruck was listed as being still in development with no production facility being allocated to it yet, which was really, really strange when you think about it, because Tesla had said uh, for you know several months now, arguably almost a year, that the Cybertruck will be made in Austin, Texas. And now they effectively, at least on paper, withdrew that uh, clear, uh, unequivocal statement. So I think those were just for highlights uh, or were the big <clears throat> news that came out of the call. I should say that in addition to all of that, Elon Musk said that, all right, enough of these calls. I've been doing them since about 2010. I am not going to be on any future call unless there's something really, really special that I need to communicate, which is another way of saying I'm not going to be on them anymore. So why would the CEO of a company say that 
And I think, Nick, in my case, my interpretation is pretty clear. Uh, they're going to have their annual shareholder meeting coming up here in mid-September. I think it, the date is September 18. And it would not surprise me if Elon essentially uh, switches roles with the current chairman of the board and says, look, I am going to be chairman, and either you or somebody else will henceforth be the CEO of the company. So stay tuned for news on September 18 with respect to how Tesla organizes its basic executive functions. Now he he wasn't he isn't currently the chairman because he got his wrist slapped, right? That's right. So three years ago, uh, not so coincidentally, as we used to say during the Cold War, Nick, in September of 2018, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, uh, um, charged Elon Musk with fraud, with securities fraud for having fake this this, uh, buyout, the famous $420 funding secured. And he essentially settled those charges. But as part of the settlement, aside from having to pay a tiny, tiny little fine, $20 million, which uh, for us, uh, Nick, is like paying a 20 cent fine, uh, he actually had to give up the chairmanship of the company for a minimum of three years. So they installed one of the other directors. Her name is Robin Denholm, a very capable lady with her origins in Australia, had briefly worked at Toyota in Australia, but uh, really became to, came to fame in the U.S. when she was CFO of a company called Juniper Networks, a very successful uh, networking equipment company in Silicon Valley. She had joined the board a few years earlier, and she has now been the chairman of Tesla since, I think, the end of uh, September uh, 2018. I'm not saying that she will become the CEO. I'm really making this uh, claim that I think it's a reasonable um, um, guess to say that Elon may uh, become chairman and that someone, whether she or somebody else, will step into the role as CEO uh, following the September 18 annual shareholder meeting at Tesla. So it's a complicated uh, bunch of things going on at Tesla. Of course, those people that put money down on the Cybertruck, you know, they're, they're going to have to wait maybe at least another year or so. In fact, the Ford Lightning's probably going to be out before the Cybertruck, right? Oh, Lord. I mean, I think the Ford Lightning is uh, only a you know, small handful of months away from production. Uh, my understanding is that it may enter production by the end of this year, by about December of this year, and we should see deliveries not too far from that time. So clearly Ford will come to market before Tesla, and for that matter, so will General Motors with a GMC Hummer, which should be in production this November, December as well. So I think Tesla is going to be at least several months behind those two players. And then you throw in Rivian and a few other players, and Tesla is looking like they're going to be late to the all-electric pickup truck party. So, Chevy, you have a pickup truck coming. You know, we know that Ram are working on something. Um, they sort of laid out their electric forecast. Uh, Ford obviously have the Lightning, which was announced. And I think they recently announced this week that they were up to uh, a huge number of orders, something like 120,000 uh, pre-orders for those or reservations. I think we have to officially call them, too. Um, Rivian looked like they're going to have their truck out possibly before the end of the year. Is that what we're hearing from them? 
That's right. So Rivian was, of course, going to be delivered already many months ago. Now there's one more delay. Now they're saying maybe, I think, late September or early October, something like that. God knows there could be another delay or two. But broadly speaking, they're very, very close. The thing that separates all of these players from Tesla is that they have just no traces whatsoever from the real field that there is any actual testing going on of the Tesla Cybertruck. I mean, we've seen one, literally one single concept out there and elon said just two months ago that they're still uh, going to decide on whether to do rear wheel steering that would involve a fundamental re-engineering of right. the entire vehicle that alone would set this whole process up back by at least a full year the, and then there's the fact that uh, the perhaps the design won't look anything like the vehicle that was originally unveiled because i think in elon's words it wasn't well accepted Well, you know, that, that really remains to be seen. It looks like anything else. And you put yourself in the position of a huge fanboy here, kind of the Star Wars, Star Trek crowd. This is going to be really cool if you're the first guy in the zip code to have one. Once you, once you become the second guy in the zip code to have one, right. it's not going to be so cool anymore. Then it's going to be more tool than cool. So that's the thing there. So right. uh, I think that this could be uh, the burn off in terms of the coolness factor could be very swift and could go from cool to tool very much overnight. Right. All right. We're just uh, weeks away from the New York Auto Show. Are we expecting to see anything on the electric front at the show? You know, I actually don't think there will be much because I think what the automakers are doing now uh, they've been uh, scheduling now for several, several months their various all-electric car unveils in separate venues of a more global nature, perhaps. And then all of these auto shows were uncertain until very recently. You could argue that they still remain somewhat in uncertainty. So if I were them, I would not put all on red in terms of there being, uh, you know, this being the moment when anything of any significance or substance will be unveiled. My theory is that what we will see at the New York Auto Show is that we will see product that was already unveiled in other forums, be it online or at some other special one-off events. So I, I don't, I don't think there. I, I don't see anything much coming out of there. All right. Well, that's uh, that, that's coming around in about uh, two or three weeks. If you want to catch up on all the electric news, uh, Anton is uh, the guy to talk to. He uh, definitely has more information than most people out there when it comes to autonomy, the business side, and electric vehicles. You can find most of his articles at The Street or Seeking Alpha. And, of course, he is an independent analyst, an investor, and probably the most intelligent guy in the car space as well that we ever get to talk to, uh, definitely when it comes to uh, what's going on at Tesla and all of the electric car news as well, keeping us up to date with uh, the politics on the inside of uh, Tesla and the politics on the inside of the car business at the same time as well as the financial outlay of what vehicles are coming, what vehicles will be here soon, who's buying factory space and uh, who's doing production as well. If you want to listen to many of Anton's interviews, you can go to OurAutoExpert.com. That is the website where our show lives. There are over 150 shows available for download. You can listen to new and emerging cars radio information right there and we thank our listeners for downloading it seattle chicago and the rest of the united states we'll be right back you're listening to our auto expert 
Over 12,000 people have downloaded our Auto Expert podcast and many more streamers join the happy listeners via the iHeartRadio app or OurAutoExpert.com. Hours of endless fun await you. I'm Nick Miles and this is Our Auto Expert radio show where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, this show is brought to you by Indeed. Finding the perfect hire can feel like scratching for a needle in a haystack. A bottomless haystack, no doubt, of resumes. Indeed makes hiring fast and simple with 135 skill tests to help candidates prove they have the experience your job requires. Their powerful hiring platform even helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right on their site, which is probably why uh, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all the other job sites combined, according to uh, Telnest. Uh, to learn more, all you have to do is uh, go to indeed.com uh, slash credit. That's to find your next hire as well. Look at, you, look, look at how, Nick, look at how many Indeeds I have in my email. Yeah, you're, uh, you, that's how you find your work. I have, Indeed. I have a whole bunch of jobs, but I'm still looking. You're amazing. No, hire Nick, him. Thank you. Hire him right Thanks, now. Buddy. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, interesting news going on when it comes to uh, automotive stuff. Um, you know the Camaro. You know the Camaro, I've, Chevy Camaro. I know, I know of it. I've sat in it and I've uh, done 80 miles an hour in one. All right. Well, currently the two-door gas-fed Chevy Camaro is without a future, but it could be. What? Yeah, it could be replaced by an electric vehicle, according to Automotive News. The uh, the replacement in an all-electric sedan form could be appearing in the next few years. Uh, it it really is a double-take because it's such an iconic vehicle that looks like it doesn't have a future and it's going away. At least the four-door uh, that's uh, slated to succeed the Camaro is built as a performance sedan. So General Motors is, of course, in the midst of their huge transition towards electric vehicles by 2035. The automaker hopes to go all electric, no longer selling gas vehicles and diesel-powered cars, trucks, and SUVs. If you read between the lines, and GM isn't, GM isn't merely uh, tearing up its uh, you know internal combustion engine lineup and starting over, nor will it be uh, really going to uh, something that's not going to work because obviously they have to maintain their position as a market leader. So you're going to see a lot happening that. And the saddest point is, will it be called a Camaro? Probably not. I just, you know, there's certain things. I, like, I get it. I get that we need to get rid of gas. Get off electric. my lawn. No, I totally get it. <laughs> get I off just, my lawn. Yeah, I, no, get off of it and do, <laughs> do a donut in a gas-powered Camaro. I oh. just... I feel like there's certain things. Just leave it alone, man. Let us have one. But let, yeah. I, you know, Porsche vehicles are known for being high performance. I mean, it's not really something I'm super attracted to. A lot of big stars like to drive Porsches. Yeah. But it's not, it's not really my cup of tea. I think they're amazing machines and they're great performance machines. But that Tom Cruise Porsche 928 from Risky Business is up. <laughs> For auction, <laughs> and I have to tell you, it's about the ugliest Porsche I've ever seen. It's bad. It, it really is. I would probably uh, want to own a Dodge Cobalt before I own that. <laughs> Dodge Cobalt. Oh my gosh. gosh. It's it really is, and and they're selling it. I mean, you know, those people who like the Church of Porsche uh, and want a 928, you know, from the film, the from the risky business, 1983, by the way. 
What did they make any good cars in 1983? Yeah, the Champ. That was it. <laughs> no, I I just feel like the and can you imagine like back in 83 that was the business. Like yeah. this is the coolest car we got. It's funny that the car was in risky business and it's the ugliest Porsche they ever made. I don't know if it's the ugliest, but it definitely competes for that title. Yeah, that and the Cayman. <laughs> Listen to you purist. Uh it's it's interesting that they're selling it. I wonder, Barrett-Jackson, it's uh, hitting the auction blocks in September. So if you want it, just go to the Barrett-Jackson auctions and, and get it. Aston Martin, uh, they have ro- risen their sales by uh, 224% well, that, in that, 2021. That Vantage is clean, man. Yeah, the the, the that, new Vantage, especially the drop top. The DB11 doesn't suck either. No, they uh, they have some stuff going on there. But you know what pushed them over uh, the limit and made them 224% more sales? Uh, free uh, free cotton, uh, no, free uh, bags with a purchase. No. Like reusable bags. No, not reusable shopping bags. It was their new SUV, the DBX. It's about a year ago that Aston Martin posted serious financial losses for the first half of 2020. That wasn't a surprise given the global pandemic situation at the time. But uh, happy to report that uh, this British exotic brand, the exotic car maker, is recovering and uh, have reported the brand's first six months of 2021 show sales increased by 224%. And all thanks to a single model. That's the DBX, which, you know, the one I had was $183,000. Is that all? Yeah. Hmm. You know, I wasn't a fan of, like, the luxury cars getting into the SUVs, like, you know, the Porsche. The... Shut up. But now I am. My favorite no, is the Urus. I love the great. Lamborghini Urus. But the DBX, I'm telling you, is competing for that. Just start it up. It, you just, all you have to do is start. You don't have to drive anywhere. You just start, <laughs> just start it, it up. up and your day is done. No, they're beautiful. I love yeah. them. Uh, gas stations selling fuel to drunk drivers ruled liable for being sued in New Mexico. Ah, that's a reach, man. So now you got to monitor the people that are coming in to get gas. They're not experts in drunk drivers. How do they know yeah. if somebody's drunk? I mean, you can clearly tell if somebody is super drunk, but I mean, I've been trained in identifying from when I used to drive a vehicle with flashing lights and sirens. I've yeah. been trained in identifying people who are who could be intoxicated. Yeah, I mean, you, you have that that gray area. Well, not gray; it's objective. But you know, the the legal limit I think is point oh eight. Yeah. You know, you got those drivers who are point oh four or six or, or functional that you know they're point ten, and, and they you seem refuse okay. to sell them gas. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't want anyone to drive drunk. Don't get me wrong, but I think that's a lot of weight on gas station owners. It is. I mean, I see what they're doing. I just think they're doing it wrong. Right. Perhaps you. Uh, perhaps what we should have to do is everyone give a blood test. And breathe in a tube before you can pump gas. <laughs> Give me gas. <laughs> no, Jimmy, you're too drunk. I only had two beers 17 minutes ago. Yeah, Don't I you feel- tell me, machine, I can't get out of here. I feel like you've been there. I'm just, I'm getting ready <laughs> for the argument that's coming. When you get your gas pumping job off of Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know like what kind of country we live in, but I don't think that it makes any sense for the, the guy that is working at gas stations to be now responsible to, to decide whether you're drunk no, or not. No, that's too much. All right. If you want to listen to more controversy, you're in the right place. OurAutoExpert.com. we got plenty of it online from the uh, previous <laughs> podcasts. 
plus you can find out all about the latest uh, vehicles and uh, what's hitting the market see our video news stories there from the fox tv sh uh, morning shows that we do around the country or wgn in chicago if you're a chicago listener or you know our stations in seattle or uh, wherever you might be in florida just enjoy us and uh, or watch the fox sports show yeah. i mean we're performers it Better than trained monkeys, but not much. <laughs> we'll be back next week. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response. 